Hey guys, welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny, the lead pastor. I pray that the message that you're about to hear is encouraging, uplifting, and honestly challenging as well. I want to invite you to join us in person Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street, or catch church online at 11 a.m. on our YouTube or Facebook page. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I pray that you're blessed by today's message and that it helps draw you closer to Jesus. Welcome to 30 Second Theology. Are you guys excited for it? I am, and I hope that you are too. Now, for those of you that um, have been around for a while, you know exactly what this is. Uh, for those of you who maybe just recently started attending Swerve, you're like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> well, let me try to explain. Uh, next Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. And whether or not you're into football, millions of people tune into the game. And the advertisers are keenly aware of this, so they dish out millions of dollars for 30 seconds of your attention through commercials. In fact, some people watch the Super Bowl not because they like the sport or they care about who's going to win, but they watch it to see which company will have the best commercial. Uh, some of these commercials make you burst out laughing. Uh, some of them might bring a tear to your eye uh, because of how sentimental they are. Other commercials are made just to make you think. Well, at Swerve, we like to ask the question, what if there was something else behind those commercials? What if there was a deeper spiritual truth that we could draw out? What if there were biblical principles that we could connect them to? And that's why we do 30-second theology, to have a fun way to connect funny commercials to serious biblical truths. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to watch commercials in church, okay? And after each commercial, I'm going to attempt to connect one nugget from the Bible that we can apply to our lives and be challenged to grow as followers of Christ. And so what I'm going to be doing here is I'm going to be watching the commercial, reacting to, reacting to it live, and then you guys can kind of watch it with me. So are you guys ready? Our first commercial is going to help us drive the reason why we do 30-second theology, okay? So check out this commercial uh, from a little something that once you pop, you can't stop. Check this out. Okay, they're playing soccer here. Never seen anybody do that in the Oh, they're out of Pringles. Oh, I got another king. All right, you just saw the commercial. Here's the first big idea for today. A uh, number one, and that is that church can be fun. Now, I really hope you guys can agree with me on this one because here's the thing. I so desire our church to be like a family that you long to get together with, not one that you dread going to. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what I mean. We all have those family get-togethers or work parties that we hate going to. So you go because you have to, but you drag your feet, and then you're just miserable while you're there. And the worst part is that everyone else knows it because they can read it on your face and in your body language. I really don't want Swerve Church to be that way for you. I want, to, I want you to look forward to coming here. Uh, but beyond just coming on a Sunday or a church event, to truly love your church family and to have fun. 
Because, hey, our God is a good God. He is a gracious and loving Father. He gives us good gifts. And among the many gifts that He's given us, did you ever consider that He's given us the gifts of laughter and joy and jokes and a sense of humor? How, how about this? Did you ever think about why did God make us ticklish? I mean, really, why? What's the point of that? The bottom of your feet, on your, on your neck, or when you squeeze that part above your knee, right below the thigh? Now, I love to torture my nephews by tickling them. The laugh that they make from being tickled makes me laugh, and it brings me so much joy. But God is the giver of joy and laughter and happiness. In fact, here's what the Word of God says about joy in Proverbs 17:22: A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So, hey... Don't be a bag of dried up bones, okay? I tickle you and nothing but dust pops out and fills the air. A joyful heart is good medicine. So let's be a church full of fun and joy. Let's smile and laugh. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face because no one can tell unless you smile. Now, for our next commercial, do you ever pull up to a restaurant, drive through or at a fast food restaurant and not know what to order? Then this one's for you. All right, let's check out this next commercial. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hi, can I get a... Can I get a... Get in the McDonald's. Can I get a... Can I get a... Can I get a... Go, Bubba, go! Can I get a... Kanye West doesn't know what he wants either. Ten-piece chicken McNuggets. And what sauce would you like with that? Uh... Decisions, decisions, decisions. We've all got to make them. Uh, some are small, little minute decisions like what to wear today, which cologne to put on, sneakers or boots. But sometimes we have some major life-altering decisions to make as well. Where should I go to school? Who should I marry? Where should I live? Should I rent or own? And when it comes to these major decisions, who do you consult with? Who do you speak to? How do you come to an answer? I'm going to suggest that you do this, and this is number two in your notes, that you trust God with your decisions. So often, we come to these forks in the road where we have to make these major life decisions, and we don't even bother to consult with the God of the universe whether or not He thinks it's a good idea. And we don't even pause to think, is this what God wants for me? Is this part of, of His will for my life? Why do we do that? Maybe it's because we're arrogant and think that we know better. Maybe it's because we're rebellious and don't want to be told what to do. Maybe it's because we're foolish and like to repeat the same mistakes over and over. But here's what God's word says for us to do. This is also in the book of Proverbs. And it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your paths straight. But you see, so often we want to straighten our own paths, don't we? We want to pave our own way. We want to chart our own journey. Maybe it's because you don't know just how much God truly loves you. You don't understand his heart and desire to accomplish something greater through your life than you can do on your own. You know, we're all like the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 who demands his dad give him his inheritance, which in that culture was like telling his dad, I wish you were dead. Give me what belongs to me and just die already. Well, the prodigal son squandered all the cash on wild and reckless living until he had nothing left. He made all his own decisions without inquiring of the father. 
and left him, and, and they left him alone, abandoned, in debt, and defeated. The good news is that when he came to his senses, he returned home to find a loving dad with arms wide open, welcoming, welcoming him home. And the same is true for us. How can we begin to trust God with our decisions? Bring him your decisions in prayer. Ask God to show you the way to go, to open and close doors and to guide you. Open the Bible and ask God to speak to you through his word. And lastly, seek good godly counsel through the people God has placed around you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your understanding in your ways. Instead, know him, seek him, hear from him, and he will make your path straight. Now, for this next commercial, I think you can all relate to the feeling of hearing the alarm go off in the morning and lacking the motivation to get up and do what you got to do. Well, I hope this next commercial will help motivate you. Check this out. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. That's pretty early in the morning. Is he going to hit the snooze button? It's time to get up. So relatable. Where's he going to go? I got the running shoes. It's laced up. He's not even up yet. Let's go, dude. 7 a.m. in the gym. Time to lace up again. He's hitting the weights hard, man. to go to work love that make it count love that that's awesome alrighty who's gonna wake up at 5am with me tomorrow so we can go run a few laps at Maria Hernandez Park any of you guys gonna come up and then we could go ahead and do some pull-ups right and uh, on the monkey bars I, I don't know uh, about you guys you guys don't sound very motivated <laughs> well here's the next big idea and I, I think that we can gather from this commercial this is number three you've only got one life make it count you know we all have the temptation to believe that we have an unlimited amount of time at our disposal that we can put off for tomorrow what we should be accomplishing today if we surrender to that temptation it builds an attitude of complacency and laziness 
which ultimately leads to not getting anything done. And this can be particularly true when it comes to our faith. The same is true in our walk with Christ. We've only got one life. We've got to make it count. In his book, Don't Waste Your Life, John Piper writes about an article published in Reader's Digest, which mentioned a couple from the Northeast who retired early from their work. And they retired uh, to Florida where they rode around, get this, in a 30-foot fishing boat and collected seashells all day. John Piper called that a tragedy. A tragedy that these people would use their early retirement to kick up their feet and not do a thing. Why? Because we've only got one life. We've got to make it count. And the point of our life is not to sit back and do nothing, but to partner with God in what he's doing in our world. Piper writes this in his book. God created us to live with a single passion, to joyfully display his supreme excellence in all spheres of life. The wasted life is the life without this passion. God calls us to pray and think and dream and plan and work, not to be made much of, but to make much of him in every part of our lives. Guys, we've only got one life. We need to make it count. And in order to make it count, we can't begin with what do I want. We need to begin with what does he want. After all, if God is the author and sustainer of the universe, if he fearfully and wonderfully created me, if he knows me and redeemed me and restored me and renewed me, don't you think that whatever he could do with my life would be infinitely greater than what I could dream up for myself? So then why do we go about life doing what we want to do and at the very least not even consult God and at the very most many times outright disobey his commands and live in contrast to his word and design? You know, Paul writes this in his letter to the Ephesians. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Paul says we have to make the most of our time. Every single person in this room is on borrowed time. And the purpose of your life is not to work 40 to 50 years and then collect retirement. The purpose of your life is not to learn and consume knowledge and accumulate degrees. The purpose of your life is to live for the glory of God and make the most of your time. Now, Paul rounds out that passage saying that we need to understand what the Lord's will is. In other words, don't start with what do I want to do for my life. Begin with what does God want for my life? What does he want to do in my life and through my life for his glory? We've only got one life. What are you going to do with it? Let's make it count. And one of the greatest ways that we can make our lives count is by joining God on mission to seek and save the lost. We live in a dark world in desperate need to find the light. Who is going to bring them the light? Who is going to show them Jesus? Will it be you? Or will you be too consumed with your own dreams and purposes that you miss out on fulfilling God's dreams and purposes? I hope you guys understand the sense of urgency here. There are people that are heading to an eternity away from God. And God has chosen to use us to bring illumination into their lives. To share the hope of the gospel and to alter eternities for His glory. Paul says this in the book of Romans. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We have good news to carry to our friends and to our neighbors and to our family, our co-workers. They need to hear about this good news. But who is going to bring it to them? 
Oh, well, that's somebody else's job because I'm just going to collect seashells and drink umbrella drinks for the rest of my life. Do you think that's really the purpose of your life? We've only got one life, so let's make it count. Let's engage our neighbors with the gospel. Let's love like no tomorrow. Let's show the love of Jesus with word and deed. Let's welcome more people into the family of God by sharing the hope of the gospel. By the way, if you're here today and you've yet to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the same is true for you. You've only got one life. Will you make it count? The way that you can make it count is by accepting God's free gift of grace made available in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are all sinful by nature and choice. And because God is holy and righteous, we cannot remain stained and be in His presence. Our sin created a chasm between us and God, deserving of God's just wrath. But because our God is rich in mercy and steadfast in loving kindness, He generously and sacrificially stepped in to make right what we had broken. The Creator enters His creation in the person and work of Jesus. Jesus lives the perfect and sinless life, upholding the perfect law of God, but is ultimately led to die a criminal's death upon a cross. He is beaten, bruised, and battered, every lash, every beating, every nail, every ounce of blood meant for you and me. They put a sin, the sinless Lamb of God in the tomb where His body lay for three days, but after three days with a ferocious love, he conquered Satan's sin and death. So now all who call upon the name of Jesus, they can experience the victory of Jesus over Satan's sin and death in their lives. The most crucial and important decision anyone can ever make in their lives is this one right here. You want to live a life of purpose? It begins with this. Who is Lord? Grace, forgiveness, mercy, and love is readily available to everyone and anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. And if you haven't made a decision to put your faith in Jesus, what are you waiting for? His arms are open. He is patiently waiting. Surrender your life to him today. Lord, I thank you for our church family. Uh, God, that we can laugh together. That church can be a fun place. So God, I pray you give us joyful hearts that the world might see, uh, see the joy that you bring and may desire some of it as well. Forgive us for the times that we've made decisions without even consulting you. Lord, big or small, we present all our requests to you and we trust you. Lord, guide us and lead us. Make our path straight. Thank you for the life you've given us. Help us to make the most of our days. We know that no one is promised tomorrow. So help us make the most of the life that you've given us that we might live for your glory and to make the name of Jesus famous in Bushwick and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message. I want to take a second to invite you to join us in person. We're gathering this Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub, 239 Stanhope Street, right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And come on over, join us, come to the Sword Pub, let's worship together, let's get together, let's worship God together, let's learn and grow together, let's fellowship together. Why don't you come on out and join us in person this Sunday?